Hello and welcome to the latest episode of My Arundel Biz Podcast, powered by Anne Arundel Economic Development Corporation. My name is Grayson Orfe. And I'm Steve Adams, our Marketing and Outreach Manager here at AAEDC. Um, given our titles, you can probably guess that uh, communication and keeping in touch with all sorts of people from media contacts to the general public and keeping track of all sorts of Deadlines and dates uh, are essential elements of our day jobs, but uh, given that Grayson and I both have very tight-knit families, um, showing our parents and kids and siblings that we're thinking about them throughout the year is very important to us as well. So with uh, all that in mind, I'm pleased to introduce Matt Saro, founder of Flutter, an internet-based personalized greeting card service. And the perfect person to talk to about keeping in touch with family and friends in an increasingly digital world. So Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, pleased to be here. And uh, just to kick things off, um, our kind of initial question for most of our guests is if you could just tell us a bit about your background and how Flutter came to be. And uh, it, to add one sub question in there, also how you came up with the name, which I'm very interested in. Sure. Um, so with respect to the uh, sort of the founder story and how I got into this, um, spent four and a half years working in Washington, D.C. for a digital agency. And we did, I would say it was a boutique group, but very high end website design and development for clients like Hyundai, Audi of America, a lot of really good uh, nonprofits like Goodwill International and groups like that. So I led sales and business development. And at the back end of my time there, I was the chief marketing officer. Um, and what I really learned about the whole uh, world of uh, just you know, web in general is that a great user interaction, user experience, so UI, UX, or the, the total process, the customer experience is really what makes for a great website. So the example we'd often use is um, whether you like them or don't like them, Uber took this very ar arcane process of you know walking outside and hoping that a cab will come and pick you up and all of a sudden replaced everything with payment on your phone, telling them where to pick you up and where to take you. So that's, a, you know, for most people, a great customer experience. Um, so in terms of uh, the, the genesis of the business, uh, my wife and I had become consumers of some of the direct consumer category of companies. Uh, the ones you may know, Dollar Shave Club, Harry's, oh, wow. um, Robbie Parker, companies like that. So the story behind starting the business was my wife does a girls weekend trip to Naples every spring and it usually ends on the Sunday morning of Mother's Day. So uh, she sent me, I guess two years ago, she was on the tarmac in Fort Myers about to come home, um, sent me a text message and said, about to go wheels up, I'll see you guys in about two or three hours. So uh, panic set in, I grabbed my kids. I was like, we forgot to buy mom a Mother's Day card. So uh, shot up the road went to the local uh, Safeway, I think it was. And just predictably, there's like five or 10 guys like me looking over what's left. And I couldn't find anything that I liked. So for whatever reason that day, I didn't settle for one and I left. I went to a local pharmacy, had a similar experience, wouldn't buy one. And I went down the road to Brumar Gardens down Forest Drive and I bought our plant for like 60 bucks and a blank card off a metal rack. So I came home and I thought about it all day. I was like, you know, my my existence and livelihood is tied uh, tied to helping our customers uh, build a great customer experience. And I thought, I hate everything about this customer experience. I, I always forget, I'm doing it last minute. Um, and then when I get there, I usually don't find something that I that I like, let alone actually really love. Mm -hmm. So I uh, thought about it all day, um, 
pitched my wife that night. I was like, I've got an idea. So uh, I kind of laid it out there. It was pretty rough, uh, but the idea was, you know, could we model a greeting card subscription service off of the direct consumer companies that we really love, like Warby, Harry's, Dollar Shave Club. And the idea initially was really more focused on building a service versus, like I wasn't thinking about the physical card yet. I wasn't like, right. I've got a great idea for a card. I was like, I've got a great idea for a service. Like how do we make it easy and convenient so people never forget? Um, so that's the, the genesis of it and then the background. With respect to the name, uh, I have uh, two co-founders, um, but one is uh, the executive creative director. She went to Savannah College of Art Design and she owns the whole brand and everything. And she really ran point on the naming. So what we really wanted to do was have something that wasn't a literal name. It didn't have card in the name. Really uh, tried to speak more to the emotion side of getting a card. So Flutter, uh, I didn't look it up, but I something about sort of, you know, that little bit of excitement that you may get when you're going to get something or, you know, just anything like that. So um, she came up with the name Flutter. Um, and like we've seen with a lot of companies, like just URLs, when you start a business, finding a domain, a web address, oh, you can oh, actually... Yeah. It's really hard. So the naming process is very challenging. I mean, the whole process, it, it, it took a while. You throw out a lot of bad ones and hopefully land on something that you really like. Uh, but what we did was the same as a lot of these e-com businesses are doing now, which is when the name you want isn't available, what we did was we appended send uh, in front of the name. So our URL is actually send flutter f-l-u-t-t-r.com so that's kind of the workaround that we came up with but we like the name it has a nice connotation um and putting the verb in the in front of it hopefully gets people to understand what we do that's awesome yeah and i'm sure you didn't want to uh shell out the whatever thousands of a lot of money I, I did for a it would have taken to buy flutter.com probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of money yeah so now now this is the thing matt so with with a big holiday coming up right the, the mm -hmm. valentine's day to be honest with you i got two sets of twins so i'm running around i'm going crazy i'm trying to make sure that this is taken care of that's taken care of i'm all over the place and so i kind of I don't want to go down that same road that you went where you're kind of just standing there like oh my god it's February 14th. Like, you know, sure, right. Like, so, so the thing about it is, is that can you tell us in, 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 in layman's terms, uh, what Flutter offers as well as how can it make our life easier so that, you know, we kind of don't go down that same road? Yeah, sure. Just at the macro level, Flutter is an e commerce platform that has an output uh, or a deliverable. We are not e-card, so it is an actual tangible physical card wow. that ships, uh, ships from a print platform north of Baltimore. Um, so what we've done is, as I mentioned, Flutter was really started around the idea of creating a service that makes people's lives easy and convenient. So that the moment you have that thought, I need to get a card, hopefully you can go to the site and then order the card and get it scheduled for delivery. So um, first and foremost, you know, one of the things that a benefit of starting today is that, you know, we, we can model our site and the service off of really some of the best sites in the, and businesses that are out there in terms of just general ease and convenience and the workflow, so on and so forth. Um, but just to explain how it'll work, once you go to the site and you select a card, we have a range of different ways that you can personalize and customize it. So first, any card can be customized and shipped directly from the print platform, or you can choose a blank card and have it sent back to yourself. 
in a protective outer envelope. So mm -hmm. that way, if you want to write a personal note and hand it to someone or drop it in the mail, that's an option. For the other ones, and from a beta test, about half or more of our customers use the one where they ship directly from the print platform, meaning you can, as we would say, select, sign, schedule and send a high quality physical card but do it all through your computer tablet or phone so you'd never actually have to go anywhere or or actually even physically touch it but once you choose a card uh, we have three pre-canned messages for every card and we also have an open text field so if you just don't like trying to choose something that somebody else wrote uh, what you can do is you can write your own note. Solve that was very popular with our customers through the beta test. The other one is the ability to choose three messages. Just kind of gives you that option to choose one that you like. Also, when you choose one, we drop it in that freeform text field, and you can add a name, you can add something, you can edit it, you can do whatever you want. So there's a lot of, a lot of functionality there in terms of the personalization and customization. Once you move it through the process, you can then choose to send it now. In which case, it's going to, uh, we'll get in the tech side later, but uh, it's going to go ahead and push to the print platform basically immediately, and it's going to get into the U.S. Postal mail stream. The other one is that you can send, uh, select a date in the future that you want it scheduled. Um, and then what we do is we just have a, a thing called a cron. The cron will run and it'll trip about eight days in advance of that to allow for printing and shipping. And we'll refine that based on um, uh, based on US Postal and also distance that it'll be traveling um, to get from point A to point B. Nice. Very cool. So it, you know, after spending a little time checking out the site myself, it seems like you really offer the ability to send Pretty much as many or as few cards as you want, uh, pretty much whenever you want. As you said, you can have it uh, ASAP or scheduled way ahead. Um, so with that in mind, how do you decide how many different types of cards to stock um, as well as kind of how many uh, in terms of the quantity of each, each card you offer? Well, so the nice thing for us is that we really don't have inventory. Uh, our okay. inventory is is blank cards um so we don't um yeah it, it's kind of a different model uh, literally if you were to go to our print platform uh there's not a single printed card ready to go we have the paper and the envelopes ready to go and everything is printed on demand uh as basically in real time as it's received um but to, to look at it through a different lens uh what i would tell you is that first we did do an analysis so there's two big pushes right now the e-com platform but then the other part is when we started the business, we knew that we kind of wanted to take a different approach to creating greeting cards. So my personal bias is I'm not a huge fan of what I see in the grocery store and, and mm -hmm. you know places that I would go to shop for them. So we came at this from a very different angle, which was to view a greeting card almost as a piece of art, if you will. Um, the idea that we came up with was that um, you would have said open source or now it's kind of the creator economy, but we went out to artists that we just liked online. So in fact, a couple of our first artists, um, I'll just show you one or two. So this is by, it was one of my favorites. Uh, this is from Julia Deckman. Julia Deckman grew up in Smyrna Park. Uh, this is from Kate Bouchard. Um, wow. She's in Arundel County, lives in New York City mm -hmm. now. Um, and then this is Mallory. Mallory uh, is a teacher and she actually lives down Forest Drive. Um, but some of them weren't really card artists. So what we did was we went out to artists that we liked, uh, talked to them about a relationship where we would pay an upfront fee for cards. They would then give us a collection, maybe five or 10 cards. Um, and then we handle the production and everything else. So we 
what we did at that point was we pulled the statistics on the holidays that move the needle in terms of sales and just said, look, we're not going to tell you which holidays we need you to build cards for, but these are the ones that you may want to consider. And the nice thing that's happened is that we were able to fill in all those main categories, but by having a very diverse uh, creative network of all these independent artists, we gave them free reign to develop cards for any holiday that spoke to them. Um, we really wanted to make sure that it reflected them the people that follow them on Instagram, their community, <clears throat> culture, even orientation. So um, the the diversity of cards and just sort of the quality is one thing that's we're really, really proud of and really excited to go to launch with. So when we formally launch on about January 10th, we will actually have 730 unique one-of-a-kind cards you can only find on Flutter. Wow. That's awesome. And uh, to be honest, I think one of one of the only cards I can safely say I've kept other than some cute, you know, Merry Christmas cards, the typical photo cards that uh, lots of families do that I have from my sister with my nieces on them is a uh, hand drawn or hand watercolor that my mom did for my uh, 30th birthday. And I'm 35 now, mm -hmm. so five years ago, but um, the, those really are, that is artwork on the front, those examples you showed. So, um, and the other thing I really like, like you said, is uh, the ability to pick and choose what the message is or have it blank. Because as you said, I feel like when you're out shopping and finding what's right, um, one of the big hangups there, even if you like the front of it, uh, is not necessarily liking what the message is and kind of being right. beholden to purchasing something even <laughs> if you uh, don't love it. So um, I think of a, a, a small follow-up there is, do customers have the ability to request a specific type of card if you don't already have it? I guess maybe, for example, um, if you know I wanted to send my niece a very random card to congratulate her for losing her first tooth, um, is there some way to do that now or possibly in the future? Well, I think for the future, many things are possible. I think the, the, the easy answer right now is sort of. So every mm -hmm. artist, um, so I'll take a step back and just talk about our approach with the creative networks. Like I said, 55 artists, um, all domestic right now, we expect the creative network to go international in the not too distant future. Um, but every artist has their own dedicated page within the website. Um, so when you when you look at a card, there's a link to that artist's name, and then you can go and look at their entire collection. We also allowed them to submit artwork and profile that on the dedicated page that they have. And then we pay a royalty back to the artist on every card sold. So <clears throat> the other thing that you can do on the artist page is you can actually contact them directly should you want to do some sort of engagement with them. Candidly, the price point for the creation, not to buy a card, but to design a card may make it, I'm not sure if it makes sense that you'll be able to engage them for a specific card unless you're willing to pay a decent amount for the card. Yeah. That being said, as we do get feedback of like, hey, do you have this? Do you have that? We'll certainly be building out the inventory. Um, but one of the interesting things, and it, it's, a, it's a good question you've asked here, is that you know where we want to go as a business is really becoming a bit of a marketplace. And um, the output right now is a greeting card, and we'll stay true to that for the foreseeable future and probably always. Um, but one thing that did happen, and for transparency in this, it was my wife. Um, but my wife 
um, really liked a piece of one of the cards from an artist found out by looking at her profile page that she was in, um, I think it's Greenville, South Carolina, which is where Clemson is. And it turns out that a family friend, their daughter accepted uh, at Clemson. So my wife engaged the artist and had a custom thank you card made wow. by Lacey Hennessy down in Greenville. And that was the gift that we gave this young lady who's now a freshman at Clemson. So uh -huh. are you gonna have somebody, are you gonna contact one of the artists and say, I need this card? You could, I don't know if that's where we're going, but certainly if you love the artwork or if, if Kate or Mallory or Julia, uh, you know, you receive a card and you love it, uh, every card does have the, you can't see it too well, but the unique URL with the artist page on the back. Um, so our hope is to have, the beginnings of a marketplace where, like I said, cards are what's going out now, but if you see something and love it, then you may want to buy a piece of art from Julia. And if we can facilitate that connection, that's uh, what we want to be doing. Yeah. And I could see, you know, that Clemson example, that's very thoughtful and very beautiful. I could see, um, you know, if, if her friends see it and are like, oh, that's really awesome. Where'd you get that? Right. Um, your network could really grow in terms of uh, referral marketing, so to speak there. That's the hope. Yeah, and, and uh, also speaking of supply and demand and everything, um, I'm a techie guy, so I always try mm -hmm. to get the weeds, you know. So what type of uh, technology does uh, Flutter use on the back end to be able to, you know, just give such a robust um, uh, service to the people? So we went with the LAMP stack. I won't get too technical here, but we're using WordPress and WooCommerce. Uh, we host on Pantheon, which is a very scalable um, platform, which I believe is built on Amazon Web Services. And then we use Netlify as part of a headless architecture. So that's kind of the e-com component. And then the actual print platform is an integration with a program called Digital PCS, which is owned by R.R. Donnelly. R.R. Donnelly is a nationwide print platform. So basically what happens is we at about 12.01 every night, we send an XML feed to the print platform. They let us know that they've received it. If there's any issues that gets flagged, but that's really the, basically it. I mean, we obviously are responsible for the cards once they, I mean, through the entire process, but on some level, our deliverable is an XML file with print ready cards that hit the print platform and then they handle the actual, um, you know, the, the print insertion into the envelope uh, stamp and then get them to a distribution hub in Baltimore for entry into the mail stream with US Postal Service. And then the nice thing about R.R. Donnelly and the relationship there is that while we're shipping out of one location right now, we do intend to add additional print platforms so we can reduce ship time based on the destination for the card. That's awesome. Well, we've, um, we've touched on this a bit, but uh, I, I'm just wondering in terms of the future and, you know, one thing you just said is expanding uh, nationally and then the printing nationally and then also bringing in um, uh, some international artists and whatnot. Um, what else is next for Flutter and kind of in terms of where you see it going and uh, growing in the next one year or maybe even five years? Well, first, uh, we did a beta test earlier this year. There were definitely issues and challenges, um, one of which uh, was uh, postal service was really impacted dramatically mm -hmm. by yeah. COVID. So we were seeing ship times that 
should have been three to five days and they were taking 20 to 25. So oh, wow. uh, real, yeah, real challenge that we had. But um, what we did decide to do was based on all the data we collected, analytics, feedback, user reviews, so on and so forth. We've made some enhancements, really significant enhancements to the site and we'll actually formally relaunch the site on or about January 10th. So that's the first. Um, second, um, we'll likely be going out for some funding um, to probably focus, or I shouldn't say probably, but focus on expansion of the team and also marketing and user acquisition. So that will be a big push for next year. Um, growth in the creative network, uh, we wanna balance that, but it's certainly, it, it is interesting to us that uh, when our artists post, uh, we didn't really realize this, but artists follow other artists. So when some of our artists post on Instagram, share cards, anything like that, uh, we're seeing an uptick in applications. So we do see a situation where we would predict significant growth in uh, in the creative network and probably looking at that through a range of different lenses. But geography would be one, making sure that we have, uh, that we stay true to what, what I know we will, which is that we really truly are a very diverse creative network and that you're able to find artists that are just like everybody in America. So whether it's African-American, Hispanic, uh, you know, you name it, that we have a really nice cross-section of artists. Um, hope to onboard at least several thousand clients relatively quickly and early next, uh, customers, I should say. Um, but really at that point, the launch is the focus and just making sure that we have a great experience for our customers, learn what works, what they want from us. Um, and then we'll build a product roadmap and, and just get after it. Awesome. Awesome. Now, now Matt, speaking of um, what's ahead and what's, what's going on in the future, uh, I know you've been working with uh, AAEDC on a variety of things for quite some time now. Um, I just wanted to know what's that involved uh, so far and what it will involve in the future. Sure. Well, I'll speak to two things at the um, at the county level, um, two very separate and, and different ones. But first, with AEDC, uh, we've gone through the process to apply for um, and get the green light for the Volt loan. We haven't needed to tap that just yet, but we'll be doing that presumably early next year just uh, to have something kind of equivalent to a line of credit that we can go ahead and hit and hopefully grow over time. So. Um, as someone that grew up in Inner County in Pasadena, and I live in about two miles from downtown Annapolis, certainly working with AEDC and figuring out how we can uh, work with them now, but in the also in the future uh, is going to be important to us. A uh, good friend of mine worked with, uh, got the Volt loan. Uh, he had a great story, wound up being acquired by Google. So uh, hopefully we'll have something, <laughs> wouldn't be Google, but hopefully uh, we'll have a good story as well. Um, the other one that I would say is that we have a relationship that we're formalizing right now with the Anne Arundel County Public School System. So in late, uh, early July this past summer, there was a mural project that was done at Studio 39 um, back behind the U.S. Marine Corps Stadium. Uh, basically, they painted a mural on the basketball blacktop. And while they were there, we had kids from the Performing and Visual Arts Program. So that would be, I think, Annapolis High, Bates, and one other school. Uh, they came in, my creative director and I were there, and we worked with the kids to help them connect with our artists via Zoom. Our artists talked about their inspiration, their career, so on and so forth. And the kids actually spent three days creating artwork for their own cards. Um, so as this 
agreement gets formalized, we'll actually be promoting and selling a line of cards created by the performing visual arts students um, at Anne Arundel County Public School System um, and working with them to promote it. We'll also be taking a percentage of sales of the royalty and paying that back to the public school system so that they can continue to fund the creative arts, which is something that we're really proud of. That's awesome, right? That's a very good uh, philanthropic element to, yeah. to the business there. Um, and I, I neglected to mention that earlier, but yes, we interviewed um, the first Vault Growth Fund recipient, which was um, Adam Ashley from Good Timer uh, back in, I guess it was, I think it, it was September or maybe yes, even September. August of, uh, of 2020. But um, so congrats on being our our second approved recipient of that, uh, that Thank great you. fund. Thank you. And we definitely look forward to watching you and uh, hopefully helping the business grow um, in the future. So now for the uh, final portion of the podcast that we've somewhat recently added, this is our top five segment where Grayson and I each ask, uh, ask a top five question. So sure. mine um, kind of is if you could give the top five do's and don'ts for entrepreneurs, either current ones or, you know, potential soon-to-be entrepreneurs who are thinking about or have started a tech business uh, and are looking to strategically grow, especially if they don't, you know, necessarily have um, that great marketing background that you and your wife already came to the table with, so to speak. Yeah, well, I will focus on the starting side because we're not yet into growth mode and I think I have a lot to learn about the growth mode. But um, so the first one, I would say, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, was fortunate to meet Susan Tyne and the founder of Framebridge in DC. And I listened to her podcast uh, on, I think it was Guy Raz and PR. And, you know, she said one of the things that she did was as soon as she had the idea, she started to talk to people about it. So I think the first piece of advi advice I would give is just that if you have an idea, you don't need to treat it like if you talk to someone, they're going to take your idea and steal it and run with it. So mm -hmm. what I found is that as soon as we had this idea and started to work on it, uh, talking to people was great. It just kind of gave it, uh, it made it a little more real. It gave it some inertia. And, you know, if you talk to someone about it and then and you see them, whether it's a week later or two months later, they're going to ask you about it. And, you know, you kind of want to keep it moving and, and give it some legs. So that would be one. Um, two, I would say, I think anytime you start something and, you know, I'm, I'm not a young man by any means, but whether you're 22 or my age, um, you know, this country at a very macro level supports the entrepreneurial spirit. So, um, you know, if you let somebody know you're starting something, I think people are inclined to support you, help you, whatever it might be. So I think anytime you can try to find, it doesn't have to be a formal mentor, uh, but anyone that you can talk to that's been successful in some endeavor in their career, um, get advice. Uh, I would definitely encourage people to do that. I think uh, you never know where those conversations will go. Um, number three, read. Um, I always have a book on my bedstand. I got a great new book last night by uh, Andrew Chen. It's about network effects. Uh, and I went through like seven or eight chapters. So you can, you should always be learning. The other thing you can do is podcast. There's a ton of great information there. Um, four, and this is my personal bias, but always keep networking. Um, took a random call about a week or two ago. 
and got an introduction to a guy who spent eight and a half years at Harry's, the men's shave uh, company. Uh, had it not been for a sick kid, we would be having lunch tomorrow. Um, but uh, who knows where that conversation goes. So, you know, good things happen when you talk to people. And then last, and this is as much advice for myself as for anyone, which is don't give up. Um, that's uh, persistence and determination is key. So that's actually, what you, those are the do's. Um, the don'ts, um, I would lightheartedly say, don't start an e-commerce business that's relying on US Postal Service during COVID. That was a nightmare. Uh, that was a real challenge. Um, don't let the tough days get you down. We've, uh, uh, not to interrupt you, but interestingly enough, um, a couple podcasts ago was dangerously delicious pies, and yeah. one of his answers was, "Don't uh, don't try to open a restaurant or think it'll go completely smoothly if you're opening it during COVID." So right, yeah. There's a group of us one. that will be, yeah, we'll 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 have that sort of scar tissue from yeah. <laughs> from, from COVID. So um, uh, don't under excuse me, don't underestimate the value of co-founders and having somebody in the trenches with you. It's really valuable, and I have two co-founders. Um, to the point about del dangerously delicious pies, and I do like their stuff, don't expect things to go as planned. Uh, yeah. They don't. And um, <laughs> I, think that's, um, I think that's three or four there. So hopefully that uh, gets you some good ones. Yeah, those are, those are great. No, now, now for mine, I'm going to cheat a little bit. So what are your top five holidays for the greeting card industry? And the second part of that is your, uh, in your opinion, what are the top five holidays when you think it's most important for you to send cards to people, uh, to their wife, kids, parents, et cetera? Sure. Um, so the first one is a little more statistic and or fact-based, but basically what I would say is number one, uh, statistically speaking, we're in it right now. So it's kind of Black Friday through New Year's and we'll just call it the holiday season. So uh, I actually read something the other day that I think December 15th, 640 million cards will be shipped. It is the number one day for the Postal Service. Um, but certainly one of the things, and you guys probably know this, like when I was a kid, I don't know what we sent, but the new greeting card or the Christmas card is the Sarrow family vacation, you know, so it's yeah. this through Shutterfly, Minted, whatever it might be. Um, so we're going to ship out about 125 to 150 of these and we're already getting them. Wow. So that's number one. You know, there's just a ton of these that are going to go. Um, two and three, somewhat interchangeable in terms of volume, but Valentine's and Mother's Day. Uh, fourth, for whatever reason, dads don't get as many, but Father's Day. And then interestingly enough, um, Easter. Um, Easter is a really big one. So, you know, when we look at our launch, we're looking at that first six months, you have a lot of very high buying intent holidays that are kind of queued up for us. After those first five, uh, I think it's probably birthday and anniversary. So that's, you know, that's based on the numbers. There's different stats for each one. But in terms of my personal one, um, this is not reflective of, you know, the industry, but just for me, uh, I started the business because I forgot a Mother's Day card. So I will lead with, if there's any one, if I could only buy one card a year, I would say two, one would go to my mom for Mother's Day and one would go to my wife for Mother's Day. So those are, that's it. Um, second, birthdays. I have answer. kids. That is a great answer spoken like a man who has been <laughs> in trouble before. So trust yeah, me. Exactly. I got you. Yeah. I got you. So second, I have, we have three boys. Birthdays are super important. You know, uh, got to have those. Uh, would hope to not forget my anniversary. 
Um, I will also say sympathy cards. Um, definitely, yeah. that's the time that people probably need something like that the most. And then for us as a company, uh, when we think about just sort of what we want to be and what we want to be associated with, um, you know, COVID and just everything going on, um, it's created distance and you know, trying to get too deep or philosophical about it. But we really hope on some level to be the card company that you associate with just because. And like, mm -hmm. there's, you know, as, as much as we may want or expect a Father's Day card or a birthday card, the reality is that the best card you may get is one that someone sent just because they just wanted to say hi, let you know that they're thinking about you, they miss you, they care about you, whatever it may be. So uh, those are the ones that, uh, you know, we will we'll check down on all the other boxes, but we hope that by making it really easy and convenient to send someone a card that you may just be waiting in line to pick up your kid or, you know, read having a, a, your morning coffee and you use that opportunity to send a card at something that brightens their day. That's yeah, awesome. those, are, those are great answers. And I totally agree because, you know, nine out of 10 pieces of mail that I get are uh, just immediate throwaways and pretty much everything I keep is probably a bill. So <laughs> a, a physical yeah. card really stands out as something special these days. Um, I, I totally agree with that. Plus, I mean, I, I feel like it also takes time, like in, in mm -hmm. the in the world of email, in the world of sending everything electronic, which is great and it's awesome and it, and it all fits. When you send that, when you take time to actually plan to put thought into something, to send yeah. it out and to actually have that physical thing there, I mean, it's there, there, there's nothing that replaces that feeling, you know? So yeah, uh, yeah. kudos to you, man. This, this is a great company. This is a great company yeah. built off of a even greater idea. Yep. Totally. Well, thank you. Uh, January 10th or 11th, jump in there and schedule some cards. And hopefully, uh, you, hopefully you won't miss Mother's Day, birthdays, anniversaries. Your kids will love you even more and you'll, you'll be a hero dad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want all the cool points I can get. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, Matt, just to, to wrap things up before we sign off, um, could you just please tell everyone one more time where to where to find you online, including, you know, any of your um, social social media handles? Yeah, send Flutter. So it's S-E-N-D-F-L-U-T-T-R.com. That's our main URL. If you hit that, you'll be able to find all of our social channels. But the main one where we're seeing activity is on uh, Pinterest. Just the visual nature of the cards lends itself mm -hmm. to that platform. So um, send Flutter on Pinterest is, is the exact same. Great. Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, we wish you much, much, much success in the future and um, just a, you know, a really good partnership with uh, AAEDC as well. So uh, we want to thank you so much for joining us today, um, as well as you, the viewer. Thank you guys so much for just tuning into another great podcast. If you want to catch this podcast and other podcasts that we've done in the past or even the ones that we're going to do in the future, you can subscribe. We're AAEDC on everything. You can follow it through My Rundle Biz. Um, and it's on all social networks. So that'd be Instagram, Facebook, um, we're everywhere. You cannot run from us. We are everywhere. We are going to find you. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> so we just want to say thank you so much. Please share, subscribe, and uh, even comment. And um, just leave us a good note or uh, send us a card. So yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us today and we ask that you just have a wonderful and safe holiday season as well as a wonderful and safe valentine's day thanks so much thank you Thank you.